Jen. And I'm Aaron. And you're listening to We've Got Ears Podcast. We're over here and we're your number one stop for everything magical that has to do with Disney, giving you inside scoops on the most magical trip at the Disney parks that you can imagine here. We're going to start with some updated Disney news for this week on episode two. And just to keep you guys kind of informed on how things are going to work, since this is only our second episode, we'll basically uh, run through Disney news, get you guys, keep you up to date as things change around the parks, which is constant. And then Jen will uh, give you some good information on travel discounts. And then we will talk about our magical mentality, kind of the general things that we like to do to prepare ourselves to have an awesome Disney trip and keep it magical. And then she'll hook you up with a really awesome travel tip in all of her wise experience, and then we'll uh, send off. All right, let's get into it for the week. So a few updates for Disney news. First one is we have some more character dining returning. One being Ohana at Disney's Polynesian Village Resort. This is going to return on September 27th, and everyone's going to have the chance to have breakfast with Lilo and friends. And of course, we're going to get the chance to eat some of that delicious pineapple coconut breakfast bread, which I know Aaron and I both have been looking forward to getting our hands on. Yeah, I don't care about the characters. I'm going to just want to get a lot of this stuff. (laughs) And of course, uh, Liam and Amelia became Lulu and Stitch fans as in kind of the last six months or so. So I'm really excited to see this one return and get the chance to take the kids over there. Our kids kind of embody Lilo and Stitch, Liam's Stitch and Amelia's Lilo. So it's really, uh, <laughs> we got a lot, a lot of work cut out for us. But <laughs> And the next one that's going to be returning is the Cape May Cafe at Disney's Beach Club Resort. This is going to come back on October 4th and you're going to get to have breakfast with Minnie and friends. And kind of the coolest part about this character dining for breakfast is this is actually the cheapest character buffet at Disney. So this is this is really cool, I think, because a lot of the character dinings can tend to be pretty pricey, at least in your and my experience. But it's awesome that they have not only a, a cheaper option, but it's also in a really cool location. Yeah, and it's outside of the parks, right? So it's that awesome chance to get to see the characters without having to shell out the money to go into the parks. So it's definitely a really good option. And then last, but definitely not least on our list is the Crystal Palace in Magic Kingdom is going to be returning with characters on September 20th. And this is going to be lunch and dinner with Winnie the Pooh and friends with that greenhouse inspired kind of eating scenery. So I know we've spent quite a bit of time here. So tell everybody what you think about Crystal Palace. So if you haven't eaten here, it's a really cool experience. It's it's your standard kind of Disney buffet food. So uh, I think we've been there only for breakfast, if that's correct. I think we went breakfast with my mom and family when we went with them. And then we went to a like lunch dinner time frame. Okay. I vividly remember Liam being being very cranky in my lap. <laughs> yeah, Winnie the Pooh was always his favorite, uh, you know, show and characters. As he was a as a really young kid, he called he couldn't say Winnie the Pooh, so he called him Papu. 
and he still calls him that to this day, so it's kind of cute. But he absolutely loved when the characters would kind of go around and meet and greet and let you kind of take pictures and give hugs. Um, we got some really cute pictures, and the lighting in there is really good. So probably one of the better options for character dining kind of stuff, at least for picture opportunities, I'd say. Yeah, I know this is a really fun place to be. However, I'm kind of interested to see how the buffet returns because I remember the food kind of being hit or miss, like breakfast, the waffles were just dry. And uh, I don't remember much about the like lunch dinner time frame. So I'm interested to see if some of the more of that food kind of resonates because I know when this went to meal options, it actually had a pretty good pretty good rep post COVID. Yeah. I hope to see them bring some, some better buffet food out. Cause like you, I don't remember there being anything remarkable at that, uh, buffet, but this is cool to see this back. Yeah. I'm excited. Cool. Moving on to the next bit of news. So at, over at animal kingdom, there's a new baby in town. So a new red baby, red river hog. And Disney has announced that you'll get to see the baby soon uh, somewhere in the park. I don't know, they didn't really detail if that's on the safari or somewhere in the park. So uh, more to come on that. But that'll be a really cool opportunity for your kids to check out a, a baby Red River hog. Yeah, I saw a couple pictures of him and he's so small. I guess we don't know if it's a him or her yet, but the baby is so tiny in comparison to mom and dad. And it's really cute. That's cool. On to the next. So Zombies Bash is coming to Downtown Disney and as well as Disney Springs. This is going to be a dance event that's coming uh, to the local areas, kind of in celebration of the Zombies and Zombie Two Zombies Two Disney Channel films. It's just going to be a twenty-minute stage show for guests of all ages. It's going to show at three different times: two p.m., three p.m., and four p.m in california from july 29th to the 31st and then in the evenings at disney springs uh august 5th through the 14th and this is all going to be in preparation and celebration of zombies 3 premiering july 15th on disney plus and then august 12th on disney channel this movie is definitely that like preteen, young adolescent style uh movie so the i would guess that this would be a really good option for kind of those kids that like you're not sure if Disney is cool anymore kind of how Aubrey was when we visited with my mom so this will be cool for those kids that like to pretend like Disney isn't cool man I remember watching Disney Channel and all those awesome Disney Channel movies all the way up until I was like about to go to college so whatever (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm going to be, you know me, I'll be dancing center stage, but uh, it'll be something just to kind of drag those kids that are acting like it's not cool out to and kind of get them engaged and enjoying something that you know that they'll like. Yeah, I mean, our littles love just dancing whenever there's live music or any sort of dance off anywhere. So I remember a really cool experience we had in Disney Springs when they had the water fountains going and the kids were dancing with the the organized like dance line for kids. It was really neat. So check it out. 
All right. So we got some updates to the Disney Cruise Line Navigator app. But wait, it's only for Apple iOS users. So you Android people are going to have to hold on a little longer to uh, get these updates. But uh, basically, any Apple iOS users that are already booked on sailings with the on the Disney Dream or the Disney Fantasy, the app is updated for you to explore ship locations and activities in uh, in a little better detail um, from home on the app. So before you go, you can kind of get in the app, get your family excited about the stuff you're going to be able to do on the ships. And uh, Disney has announced that uh, these features will be added later for the Disney Magic, Disney Wonder, and Disney Wish, and then also for you Android users out there. But this should be really neat to uh, kind of get the hype flowing before you set, embark on your adventure. Yeah, it's interesting that it's taken them this long, but I know that this will definitely change how cruises are planned and people uh, get some activities booked or ideas in mind prior to actually embarking on the sh- on the cruise. So this will be really good for all of our cruise goers. Speaking of cruises, I th- I heard you have some news about the Disney Wish that we might be able to hear about in an episode coming up. Yeah, so I don't want to disappoint. We're not going on the Disney Wish. So let's just make that clear. I don't want anyone to think we're escaping on a cruise. I know, babe, not the time to surprise you with that one. But however, on Thursday, I am going to get the chance to participate in a Disney Wish webinar. And it's just going to give me uh, and various travel agents the opportunity to explore the cruise ship and some of the unique storytelling details Uh, We'll get to see different parts of the cruise ship and stuff and get some information, seeing as not all of us are going to get to get on the Disney Wish for a little while. Uh, So this will be a lot of fun. And then maybe we'll bring you guys some new details next week from the webinar. Awesome. Stand by for that. Get a little sneak peek look into the Disney Wish. This is like my number one Disney Wish right now is to be go on that ship. So Uh, cool. Yeah, you just want to see me get uh, seasick for a good three days straight, don't you? Yeah, you got this. Nothing a little uh, motion sickness medicine can't solve. (laughs) If you guys don't know, Jen, uh, she gets sick in the car. So when we made our last trip at Disney World, it was a 17-hour car ride from Texas. And uh, I basically got to play video games the whole way there and the whole way back because Jen wanted to drive because she gets car sick when she's not driving. So kudos for me and uh, good job for her for uh, toughing it out. But I don't know if a cruise is going to be the right uh, thing with that going on. I mean, I may get through the car ride with Twizzlers, so maybe maybe I'll find my vice on the cruise ship as well. <laughs> nice. Cool. So we got some celebrations coming to Disneyland on the 17th of July. So uh, next week, it's the 67th anniversary of the Disneyland Resort itself, which is pretty exciting. Um, they're going to basically have a lot of different anniversary food options, nothing too crazy. Um, but there is going to be, Oga's going to be celebrating her birthday as well in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland. And they're going to be offering um, some secret menu drinks. One of them that uh, piqued my interest was the Blue Secret Mule. So it's uh, essentially citrus vodka and blue carousel mixed with mule mix, pure cane sugar, and a touch of uh, club soda with a lime wheel. But it looks looks really cool. It's in a standard kind of 
not standard. It's got a little space age looking Moscow mule type cup uh, with some really cool features with the colors and stuff. So that it's not going to be officially on the menu, but you can order it in secret if you're part of the uh, Rebel Alliance there. So check that out if you're going to be at Disneyland uh, during those dates. Yeah, and then uh, they're going to have some sort of zucchini chips as well. And uh, I always like trying, <laughs> ordering <laughs> some of those fun <laughs> Star Wars uh, treats and snacks. So it'll be interesting to see if those are any good. Uh, I don't know if they will be. Sometimes it's a big disappointment or something very odd, but it'll be fun to see that celebration come to life. And who knows? Maybe we'll make it out to Disneyland time this year to try some of these new things. If if you're hesitant about booking at Oga's Cantina with kids, Jen and I are here to tell you that it is definitely possible and they had a lot of fun in there. So if you've been kind of trying to sneak away from the kids to go do that because you, you're you worried that there's not going to be anything in there for them, there's some cool stuff in there, cool music, uh, sweet sweets, and kind of flavor drinks that they can try. So don't be afraid to bring the little ones in there if you want to check out Oga's because we kind of steered clear of it for the first year or so um, with that park be- part of the park being open just because we weren't sure if it was a kid's atmosphere, but it was fine. Absolutely. And then last on our Disney news docket is Disney is officially adding a where's my car feature to the My Disney Experience app. Oh, finally. I know, right? No more <laughs> circling the park. Parking Were we lot. in Aladdin or Genie? I can't remember. <laughs> Villains or heroes? <laughs> yeah, uh, especially after a long day. It's a lot of walking. So what you'll need to do if you want to enable this uh, where's my car feature of the app is you'll need to make sure your location services, your Bluetooth and your notifications are on. After you park, you'll just open the app. You'll go to the little parking icon. And as long as you have all those things turned on, the information will populate for you. You'll also have the opportunity to hand type the information if you rather do it that way. And then at the end of the day, as you return to your car, you'll just be able to pull the app up, click that little car icon, and it'll show you um, where you parked. So this is going to launch for Walt Disney World Resorts first this summer, and then it'll be available for Disneyland Resorts uh, later this year. And this is going to be available all over the parks. So you're going to see this in every uh, resort park. You're going to see it in Disney Springs. You're going to see it at the water parks. I mean, pretty much anywhere you go, you're going to have this option. Which will just be really helpful at the end of a long day to not have to wander around the parking lot. Or uh, I think we've made multiple passes across landmarks where we thought we parked and it turned out it was a row up or a row over from where we were actually circling. So I'm excited for this feature to come in come into play yeah no doubt it's gonna save us at least one or two arguments at the end of the night (laughs) just kidding (laughs) all right on to travel discounts so there are um no new travel discounts this week so i'm just gonna kind of quickly run over some of the travel discounts we talked about last week and then if you guys have any questions, you know where to reach me at jen at mousingaroundtravel.com or on Facebook um, to just ask about any of these deals or what they entail. So the first one being Welcome to Happy at the Disneyland Resort Hotels. 
the adventure by Dis- Adventures by Disney early booking rates, the fall into the magic savings at Alani, and then the Disney Plus subscribers stay in the magic. And definitely, last but not least, save up to 35% on select sailings. So those are your current deals available for travel discounts through Disney. And like Jen said, if you have any questions or you would love some help getting a vacation planned or scheduled, you can reach her at Jen at mousingaroundtravel.com or you can reach out to us at this podcast at gotearspodcast at gmail.com and we'd be happy to uh, steer you in the right direction for that. You can also click the link in the description for this podcast episode and it'll send you right to a quote website that you can just automatically get quoted on kind of what you're your Disney vacation looks like and uh, it'll kind of help you plan that stuff. So resources that you got at your disposal. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about our magical mentality topic for this week. So I just want to go over what magical mentality is prior to starting, just since this is episode number two. So every week we're going to be talking about magical mentality, which is just uh, the Gibson family thought process that goes behind traveling to Disney or planning for Disney. Just about anything that involves getting us ready for the theme parks. Uh, It helps us kind of make sure we're in the right headspace and we're prepared to just have as much fun as we can and leave all of that. uh, What do you you call it? Reality? Yeah. Leave that reality right (laughs) behind. Leave it in the background. Uh, It allows us to just escape everything that's going on and really give Disney our all, which is just what makes our trip so special. So this week for Magical Mentality, we're going to be talking about Disney expectations. So this is just Disney resort expectations and uh, something that we just really want to cover to make sure that when you guys go, you're not expecting something more than what you're going to get or so you can kind of Make sure that you prepare to get the most out of your trip prior to getting there. So let's start off with the first one. So, babe, let's talk about this. Uh, Would you call Disney an amusement park? No, Disney is not a amusement park or a thrill ride park. It's a theme park. And kind of the difference between those things is... It's subtle but distinct. So uh, an amusement park is there kind of to give you some thrills. There's not the theming isn't cohesive. You can wander from one attraction to the other and you just kind of do exciting, fun things to kind of get your heart racing. That's kind of how I look at it. Think places like um, Cedar Point, Six Flags type stuff. Disney is there for us. Yeah. Magic Mountain over in uh, California. Whereas a theme park is much, much more subtle in in the things that it tries to do. It tries to immerse you in in different worlds and different realities, right? From the Disney universe, so the Disney properties, and and a lot of the fun and and excitement to be had is is it's in the details. It's in in how the park is constructed, what the lines look like, kind of how the food and and music and everything kind of blends together and with the character meet and greets it's it's one big experience that's meant to blend together as a big themed uh adventure for you rather than kind of a thrill seeking day so 
a lot of the stress that I see people have, especially with a little bit older kids um, who don't properly get prepared for what Disney is and what Disney isn't. Uh, it's when they go to the parks expecting to be riding roller coasters all day. There are roller coasters, but by no means are they the edge of the scariest thing you've ever done, which is what some some <laughs> adrenaline seekers are looking for. So just make sure if you get those parties in your uh, group that they kind of at least know and are prepared rather than having to t break the bad news to them that uh, it's a small world is uh, a thing that they're going to have to endure. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we are lucky enough to have gone to Disney with a very, very close family of ours where their boys just love thrill rides. And so kind of some of the give and take there is we'll kind of get to points where we know that their kiddos need to go on a thrill ride. And then it's kind of the opposite for our kids where they're like, that's enough with the lines. That's enough with the rides. I want to sit and watch the cavalcades or I want to go hug a character. And so when you go with your family and your party, you just got to know what's important for them and what they want to do. And then you got to kind of take the time to do a little bit of both. But I will say if you miss out on the opportunity to just like kick back on Main Street and look around and see what's happening around you, or you forget to sit down for that parade or the cavalcade, you're definitely going to be missing out on opportunities to see parts of the Disney park that are just so special. So it's really important to make sure that as you go into it, you don't fill your entire trip with waiting in line for rides that you actually might be disappointed on if you're expecting a thrill ride. Even some of the biggest roller coasters have sections that are very slow and very storytelling, like Mine Train, where it's more so about the story and the background of Disney than it is the actual roller coaster itself. So it's just important to know that and understand before you go on your trip. Uh, with that, it's really important not to map out every single part of your trip. So, babe, I mean, out of the more than I could count times we've been to Disney, has anything ever gone exactly as planned? No. Uh, <laughs> as a military officer, they say uh, everyone has a plan until you get uh, punched in the face. So sometimes Disney is going to throw a curveball at you and uh, you just got to kind of adapt and enjoy. Uh, a lot of the fun to be had is just kind of winging it. Yeah. So with this, it's just really important. Like I have known the people that go, they got their folder. They know every single ride they're going to ride, where they're going to start in the park, where they're going to end, where they're going to be at lunch, where they're going to be at dinner. And I could probably tell you by the time they get done with their first ride, they're probably already off track. And so this can just cause a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety for someone who just really is very plan and schedule oriented. So it's just good to know, like, maybe have a list of things you want to do, but understand that there's no perfect way of planning it out. And then with that, if you did have a plan and you get off of track, don't overstress yourself to try to kind of, you know, I'm going to put some air quotes up, like get back on track. You're just, it's not going to happen. Um, yeah, you can, you can cause yourself a whole lot more stress than you need by trying to adhere to the schedule that you've built for yourself and you'll lose sight of some of that other stuff that we, we just talked about. So just 
Yeah, well, it's important to have a little bit of a plan because, you know, you're if you don't get to go very often, you want to make sure that like there's definitely things that you want to get done. But also don't put that unnecessary stress on yourself because there's going to be things that happen that are going to throw that off. Yeah. And uh, so we are a good example of this, again, just with a family of ours that we love dearly. So we it was their very first trip to Disney and they went with us um, and we every day we sat down with just as the adults at the end of the night and had a drink and talked about the next day and what kind of rides I thought the boys would like and want to go on and what we kind of wanted to make a priority to get on. And this was post COVID. So lines were very short. So we kind of had our free reign of the parks, but we, on our last day, it was Epcot and we, it was the only day we didn't sit down and talk about the park and it was a huge mistake that we did not do that uh we got into this park and the boys just about lost their minds so this is pre-guardians of the galaxy so they're expecting some thrill rides and some excitement and they get disney around the world and it was a weekend and it was so busy and we were very caught off guard and it just really didn't go well (laughs) um Everybody ended up cranky. Everybody ended up wondering what we were doing in this park. And it almost ended our trip right then and there. I think everybody almost went home. So, yeah, I like to say that uh, the tacos that we got at, in Mexico at Pavilion saved the whole trip because we were all cranky and hangry and everyone wanted to go on rides that didn't exist. And uh, we found these godsend tacos that just got everyone back on board and we stuck it out yeah and there's no fireworks so there wasn't really even anything to stick out but uh the gibson clan wasn't definitely wasn't leaving epcot and we all drove together so the the poor family we were with were kind of stuck their boys were left (laughs) to kind of learn the hard way um but that's just a really good example we had to slow down Uh, the Gibson family really had to slow down. We actually ended up stopping in the America pavilion where we let our kids just get out and dance. There was some live music going on. And of course, in our standard family fashion, we fed both of our kids a Mickey ice cream bar and let them just hang out and enjoy the music. And it just let all of us kind of decompress and de-stress from just the day not going as planned while their their boys ate hot dogs and kind of got refueled. And from there, we were just able to kind of, like you said, stick it out the rest of the night. We made it over to Mexico, survived a very long food booth line and uh, got to go on a couple more rides, see the aquarium and actually enjoy a little bit of the end of the day. Yeah, so that being said, all that could have been mitigated by that one conversation that we were having that we just forgot to have about Epcot and kind of setting everyone's expectations, which is kind of our, our whole theme here. So just make sure that everyone's kind of uh, understanding what they're getting into the next day and, and kind of see what they're excited about and what they're not. And then you can make decisions from there Like during that day and, and subsequent trips with uh, our family friends there were times where we were just like, all right, let's split up here and you take our kid to this ride and we'll take your boys to this exciting thrill ride. And it was really fun because we were able to kind of still have fun, even though we knew 
everyone had different um, motivations at the park. On to the next part of our Disney expectations. So let's talk about this Disney magic. So you'll hear this term a lot, uh, kind of getting some Disney magic while on your trip. And so usually what this entails is it could be that, um, you know, someone is not enjoying themselves. Like you got a little one that's crying. Um, you could have some issues with your tickets. A ride goes down and you're kind of given what they call Disney magic from a cast member where you're gifted something that is completely unexpected and something that, you know, kind of helps uplift your day and kind of repair anything that has gone wrong. And so sometimes with Disney magic, just because it is kind of a known term, it seems like people just kind of expect it, you know? So like, they're in line, the ride goes down, and they just have this expectation that they're going to get something out of it. And what really went in reality, this is just a part of the challenges that Disney has, and they don't owe the guests anything. Um, so with that being said, it's really good to go into your trip just knowing that, again, things are going to happen, things are going to change. And if you get the gift of Disney magic, it's just one more amazing thing that's happened to you on this trip. And so Aaron and I have seen a couple examples of Disney magic on our trips, but there is one that I think, Aaron, you definitely tell this story because this kind of unfolded while I was in line for coffee, getting our survival. Um, <laughs> and Aaron was really got to be in the front row seat of seeing some, some of this Disney magic in action. In action. Yeah, so Jen was in line at uh, Hollywood Studios. Is it called Trolley Car Cafe, yeah, a.k.a. Yeah. Starbucks? And uh, I was in there initially with her, with uh, our boy in the stroller. And he was, what, two maybe? Yeah, so um, Amelia was a baby baby. So we had yeah. the boat stroller on this trip. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we had this huge <laughs> tandem cruise ship of a stroller. And I'm kind of just fed up with uh, trying to maneuver this thing in inside of Starbucks and uh, the kids are kind of getting antsy and they know some sort of uh, treat is on the way. At least Liam does uh, if he can and be patient. So I, I just decide, I tell Jen, Hey, we're going to go out and just kind of wait. And I go out there with them and just kind of try to entertain them and play with them while we're waiting for mama. And um, Liam is making uh, toddler eyes at one of the cast members inside because the door to leave the store is kind of just cracked open uh, and uh, she's kind of like looking at him and laughing back and forth and making faces at him and then out of nowhere she comes by with this really cool decorated uh, cupcake uh, and Liam just lights up because he's all about that frosting you know uh, and she asked his name and uh, he got to tell her thank you in his uh, broken speech. And it was just really cool. We got her name and, and tagged her on Instagram. And it was like just out of nowhere. Like I was kind of like dad. Ne I was almost like dad needs help because the kids are losing their patience and uh, and out of nowhere, just a manna from heaven cupcake. So it was really cool. Uh, and that's just kind of what we're talking about. Just when you least expect it a cast member will just come and make your and your family's day by doing something very simple and uh, unexpected. Yeah. And there's just so many cool stories about Disney magic out there. Um, so these cast members, I mean, they love 
making moments like this happen. And they're actually given typically like a little day-to-day budget for things like this. So it's it's 100% possible that they're going to come out of nowhere and do small things like this. And you see Disney magic in other ways. Like we kind of have our kids, again, our kids are just what we like to call very Disney trained, but they know what rides they are and, are and aren't tall enough for. But they always ask to go up and get measured regardless. And we agree on one condition that there's just no tears, right? We don't, we're not going to take them up there and get them measured and see them just melt into a puddle. It just doesn't help anybody. It doesn't make us feel good. So our kids are very good at knowing like they're going to go up there and get measured and they're either going to be tall enough or not. And then it's going to be motivation for them to eat and grow and let some time pass before the next Disney trip. And so oftentimes a really good one that we'll see this Disney magic come through on is the slinky dog ride. So I think Amelia now she has been measured a handful of times for the (laughs) slinky dog ride. And uh, she's walked away with a couple like return when you're big enough passes that Disney has. And this is something that we never expect. Um, the really getting her up there and getting her measured is more for us and more for her to know how close she is and to get her excited about the rides. But when we walk away and the cast members see how well she takes the fact that she isn't tall enough, a lot of times they'll come through and they'll give her these little passes. So I have carried one now for the last two Disney trips, just with my fingers (laughs) crossed that she magically grows spurts on her drive to Disney. Um, but not quite yet. So I'm really excited to see her finally get on that ride and uh, to see her excitement as that all happens. So just another example of like some Disney magic that can really change your trip or lighten a mood if things kind of uh, get into a weird pinch. Yeah, but it's not magical if you demand it, if if that makes sense. So uh, sometimes when things go wrong, it's not the cast member's fault. You don't need to I, I know it can be frustrating, but just try to remember that they're they're doing their best to do their job and you you don't know the backstory. Maybe it's their first day there, right? And so they're just they're just trying to make it work and sometimes they can make magic happen and sometimes they can just survive, you know. So uh have some compassion and and uh just realize that there's other things to do if if things go wrong. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, last piece on that, there is actually a place in the app now that you can give shout out to cast members. So if you have a cast member that just really blows your family away and gives you some of that Disney magic, you can go right into the My Disney Experience app and give them a little shout out and a thank you for what they do. Uh, Just always remember to get their first name off of their name tag and then where they're from and what area in the park you're at with them. So that's a really cool thing to do for the cast members to say thank you. Yeah. And before you had to like go on Instagram and tag them. And it was really like, I, I doubt anything ever, ever got back to them. But now this is cool that you do it right through the app. Absolutely. Next up, let's talk about Lightning Lane and Genie Plus. So uh, Genie Plus is the new fast, pla- fast Pass for anybody who hasn't gotten the chance to experience it. And so this process is quite a bit different from Fast Pass. Uh, just a quick overview. So this is a pay to kind of get through the expedited line, which is now called Lightning Lane. So with Genie Plus, kind of a good Disney expectation is you're really only going to get a Lightning Lane for like two to three rides a day. And I think that this is kind of shell-shocking for those pro fast pass using um, Disney travelers. Uh, That two to three rides a day 
doesn't feel like a lot. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, once we figured out how to use fast passes in our in the prime of it, we were getting like eight, nine fast passes yeah, a day. Easily. Yeah. <laughs> so two to three is a little bit rough, especially considering you're paying for it. But I also think that it makes kind of the the regular lines not quite as bad for some of the other rides, but who knows? Yeah. I, I mean, I really think that there's probably some changes that we'll see for lightning lane, but I just don't know what or when those will happen. So here's a couple of tips for lightning lane. So first off, you could make your first lightning lane selection through genie plus at seven o'clock in the morning. So with this kind of in the last month and a half, Disney actually changed their Genie Plus purchasing process. So before, when you purchased your tickets, you could also purchase Genie Plus for your trip. Now, you have to purchase Genie Plus the morning of. So at 7 o'clock, you're going to want to get up. You're going to want to purchase that Genie Plus, And then you're going to want to immediately make your first selection for Lightning Lane. So it's just going to be really incumbent that like right away in the morning, you're on top of your game. So from there, you can book another ride either as soon as you scan into your lightning lane or two hours after you select your latest lightning lane. And that's not two hours from seven o'clock. Unfortunately, it's going to be two hours from park open. And then from there, two hours from any selection of a lightning lane. So you can have more than one Genie Plus lightning lane selection at a time, but they have to be spaced out. So. um Babe, what's give us a good example of some of the ways we found our way around the lightning lane selections. So basically what we do is we just, as soon as you scan in, you make sure your, your thing turns green. And then as you're walking to the ride, you're just already looking through the list. So you kind of open up the My Disney Experience app and then you go to My Genie Day and then go over to Tip Board. And then it'll be under the attractions and shows selection. And now you're just looking for the next earliest possible lightning lane that you can get of a ride that you want to go on. And then you can book it as soon as you're in line for the the next one. One thing to be wary of a little bit is uh, if some of the lines require you to scan your lightning lane twice, like once when you first get in and then another time when you get like halfway through into the where it meets up with the regular queue. So just make sure if you you're going to do this that you wait till you get through all the scans if that makes sense yeah it does so um it's just pretty much as soon as you scan your magic band on your trip board that lightning lane should disappear so if there's going to be another scan you're still going to see it but if you made it through that first scan then it should disappear from your trip board and it should allow you to make another lightning lane selection um but This is how we kind of stay on top of our lightning lanes. And a lot of times too, like right before we even get on the ride, I'll start kind of scoping the app, see what's available and have an idea of like where I'm going to go first. But there's definitely some opportunity to improve this part of the app because it always opens you to Magic Kingdom, which is like maybe (laughs) one of my most frustrating things right now about Genie Plus is like if I'm in Animal Kingdom, I just wanted to open to Animal Kingdom. Maybe they want you to park hop. Maybe there's a good deal on a lightning lane, you know? I mean, you know, I'm always down to park hop to Magic Kingdom. But (laughs) I mean, it's just one of those things where it's the little details like that, that I mean, if I could run 
Disney's web services for like a day. That's that's one of my my princess for a day moments. This does uh, remind me of something that we need to mention. So um, like we talked about earlier, don't get too adherent to like a schedule that you've built for yourself because lightning lanes are so fluid that you can kind of almost uh, have a much more successful day by getting in lightning lanes by not um, building your lightning lane schedule too far in advance. So if you tie up one of your lightning lanes for a 9 p.m. Thunder Mountain Railroad, and then now you don't have that for the rest of the day. So what we kind of like to do is just keep using them on rides as they become available and then snag up one of those as soon as we see it uh, throughout the day. Yeah. And the good times to grab those kind of further out lightning lane options are like if we're heading to a sit down restaurant, we're probably going to be there for two hours. So I'll snag a later one at that time. I'll snag that 9 p.m. one. And then after dinner, we can grab another one that's right after dinner. So it's just kind of getting smart with how you use the app. And when you collect those lightning lanes, just to allow yourself the chance to get on as many rides as you can. Another interesting part about Lightning Lane that wasn't the case for FastPass is you can have two Lightning Lanes for the exact same times. So you got to be really aware of that double booking. Like if you book something in, you know, Tomorrowland in Magic Kingdom, and then you also book something in, you know, Adventureland, you're going all the way back to Pirates and you have an hour to ride Space Mountain to Pirates, you're just not going to make it. So you got to have a pretty good plan and you got to know kind of what you have going on for the, for those lightning lanes and be careful not to overbook yourself and miss one. Yeah, just kind of a good school of thought is to just stagger them by at least like 20 minutes. That give you enough time to go through the lightning lane, get on the ride, ride swap if you need to, and then walk over to the other ride to make your time. Uh, All right, moving on. Let's talk about meals. So some really good Disney expectations with meals is you just, you cannot plan out every meal of the day. It's not possible. Uh, Between lightning lanes, cavalcades, the parade, the stage shows, you're not going to be able to eat all three meals at a scheduled time. So for this, I mean, you got to know you're going to have moments where you snack. You're going to have moments where you select that sit down restaurant and you just got to make sure that you provide that flexible time frame for yourself to, to get to those meals and then don't forget to eat. Yeah. We're really bad about this. Sometimes we get caught up in the ride extravaganza and then the parade happens while we're walking somewhere and we're like, Oh, let's watch this. And then, Oh, lo and behold, there's a show right in front of the castle. And then we meet a really cool cast member in a store. And then by that time we're like, Oh, we didn't eat lunch. And now everyone's angry and not happy. And uh, I would have avoided all this by just grabbing a quick snack. So kind of like I told you guys in the last episode, sometimes I have to, uh, just get Jen some food without her really telling me that she needs it just because I kind of know where, where that's heading. Uh, so just, you know, realize that you're not going to be able to plan out all your meals based on what she just talked about and have a smart idea for what kind of snacks you're going to bring along with you and then where you might want to stop to grab something. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing here is when you're planning your Disney trip, pick just like two to three 
like meals that you really want to get. So whether they're sit down, whether they're quick service locations that you want to go in and see, but just like two or three. Um, I know every time Aaron and I go, we usually kind of focus in on one and get that reserved. And then we try to get some of those day of reservations or walk-ins that people cancel or we can jump on that kind of fulfills an opportunity that we've been looking for. Yeah, and we've had some really good meals by just kind of being spontaneous and being pleasantly surprised by randomly hopping on an open reservation at a restaurant that we had no idea about. So don't get too married to the idea that you need to know exactly where you're going to eat every day. Like, have some fun with it. There's so many good food options in all these parks that you're you're doing yourself a disservice if you if you try to kind of make that a concrete thing. So. Spontaneous eating is my favorite part <laughs> of that place. Uh, especially if it includes a Mickey bar for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, lastly on the meal topic, don't forget to eat your last meal before you go to the hotel. I don't know how many times Aaron and I have eaten the cafeteria chicken tenders at the end of the night. And they're just, they're never good. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> they're not. They're not for flavor. They're for survival. Yeah. Yeah. And they always make such a mess of our hotel room. And I'm always mad that we did it. So. Yeah. Eat eat before you leave the park, even if it's just a, a quick service, because none of the late night food options at the hotels are worth a damn. So, yeah. Uh, next up, park hopping. Uh, so Aaron and I have always purchase park hoppers but we a lot of the times don't ever actually park hop so um just this last trip we actually did some of our first park hopping and it's probably because our kids are finally big enough that it's not like a completely overwhelming to do and we didn't have a diaper bag this trip that was a win oh so nice yes But uh, I have a love-hate relationship with park hopping. What do you think? I think park hopping is on paper really good. Logistically, it can be pretty rough depending on what park you're in and what park you're trying to go to. Uh, For example, I do not like park hopping from Magic Kingdom because getting back to your car or the tram or the going through the ferry and then going to the next park it's just quite the adventure so if i'm at magic kingdom i'm kind of on board to stay there um but if i'm at animal kingdom i kind of feel like there's only about half a day's worth of activities there anyways uh so i'm i'm kind of on board to park hop from that location and then park hopping between hollywood studios and um epcot is relatively simple these days based on the skyliner but you do kind of need to plan in your your transit time based on where you're going to go for park hopping because you're never going to get to any park in less than about an hour, even even if the Skyliner's empty. So just make sure that you don't think you're magically going to appear in uh, <laughs> Epcot from yeah, teleportation. Studios. Not real yet. Yet. Uh, yeah, they actually say you really should plan about an hour and a half worth of transit time. Um, anywhere that you go on Disney property. So I think that that's, we've kind of proven that to be pretty true. It takes about an hour and a half to get 
completely out of a park and through the entrance to the next park. So then let's say you snag that last minute be our guest uh, dinner reservation at Magic Kingdom and you're at Epcot. We're just talking about an hour and a half out of Epcot to the entrance of Magic Kingdom. And then you still have probably about a 20 minute trek from the front of Magic Kingdom to be our guest. Yeah, depending on how many people are on Main Street and how distracted you are by shiny things, like you may not make your reservation. So just be careful with, like I said, be spontaneous, but be realistic when you're uh, trying to make that park hop happen. And just know, especially with toddlers, like park hopping, kind of the make or break. Like it either goes really well or it absolutely ends our night. (laughs) So... (laughs) It is kind of cool to have the option to go, hey, do you want to go see the fireworks in front of the castle when you're, you know, somewhere else? And they're like, oh, yeah, and super excited. So uh, I think we'll continue to at least have the option. And uh, I will say I did have a good time with it the last time we were there. And that, like you said, that's probably because our kids are, you know, both walking, both potty trains. I'm sure with teenagers, dude, park hopping would be awesome. Oh, I'm just going to leave them in the park. And park hop myself. I mean, you already know this happening. So, mm. <laughs> uh, so next we're going to kind of talk about the weather at Disney. And this is going to kind of help us transition very easily into our travel tip for the week. So uh, it's Florida. And yes, in the summertime, you can just expect it to be kind of generally hot. Uh, You definitely still get plenty of rain in Florida. And then you also, in the winter months, it can get pretty cold. So this can be something that really throws off that expectation of your trip. And um, Aaron and I had a kind of an interesting experience with this when Liam was just kind of in that like one in one in a few months age. We went for the Christmas party uh, the first couple weeks of December. And it ended up being cold, like really cold. Yeah, we didn't bring like cold weather stuff. Um, I think the forecast was a little bit off and we were just bundled up in all of our gear, like just really cold. We bought, ended up buying a beanie for Liam and like it, it was it was fun and it felt like Christmas, but much, cold. much colder than we thought we were going to be. Yeah, I mean, Liam at one point in time, I think had like four layers on and the last layer was like a fleece pajamas. It was cold. Um, But I just remember this being like something that was really frustrating to navigate. Uh, I was worried about Liam being too cold. Uh, The characters were out and about, but you could tell they were cold. Um, And it was just kind of a weird... It was weird. Yeah. And not only that kind of weather, but we've had other instances where, you know, we were going to try to go out and there's not a cloud in the forecast. And then, of course, Orlando in the summertime, it rains at about 2 p.m. And then there we are with a soaked stroller because we had to throw a stroller cover on. So when it comes to expectations about the weather, what we can say is expect the worst be prepared for it and then just win if you don't have to deal with that. Yeah. And I think, again, our last trip, we kind of 
did really well with this. Um, there were days that we just kind of committed to not being ready for the weather, but acknowledging that we might have to go back to the resort. And then there were days where we were overly prepared for the weather and then we never had to worry about the weather. So, I mean, whether or not you're the type of person where you're like, hey, we're going to walk around with soggy shoes until we just can't handle it and then we're going to go back. Or you're the family that's like, I got eight umbrellas and ponchos from Walmart, like you're ready, set. Uh, you just need to make sure that you kind of decide like where you're at and that expectations for your family. So, yeah. So, and, and don't be afraid to expect that it's going to be bad weather and then don't be, don't let it ruin your, your trip. That's kind of the, the expectation part of it. So expect that weather's going to happen. And if it rains all freaking day, then just soak up, enjoy it and just be, be soaked while you have fun at Disney world. Cause you don't want it to ruin your trip just cause, uh, the weather didn't cooperate. Yeah. So this is going to roll us right into our um, travel tip for the day. So before we go there, you got any more thoughts on kind of Disney expectations and magical mentality? Yeah. I mean, the magical mentality thought for this week is just set yourself up with solid expectations to have a very magical trip. You can, you can alleviate yourself of a lot of stress and unnecessary worry by just going in with the right mindset. And hopefully we've been able to help you a little bit with that. Uh, but you're, if you're still kind of worried about it, you can just uh, talk to someone who's been there before, who has experience on things that can surprise you or catch you off guard and, and ask them what kind of things you should expect at the different parks and what rides. And if you don't have anyone to talk to, like I said before, you can reach out to us, especially Jen at Jen at mousingaroundtravel.com. And she can just give you that friendly advice on on what to expect and where and and how to be prepared, but how not to stress out about stuff too much. Awesome. So we're going to roll into our travel tip. So our travel tip today is going to be right related with that last kind of comment from the magical mentality of of the weather. So uh, we're going to talk about rainy days at Disney. Uh, it's kind of a fun little saying, but like a rainy day at Disney, it's better than any day anywhere else. I mean, would you agree? I am 100% in agreement. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's almost more fun with the kids when you're getting downpoured on. Unless it's thunder and lightning, then it's a little sketchy. Yeah, or it's uh, like that 40-degree weather that we had this last January. It was a bit chilly. Yeah. But uh, just kind of when it comes to managing those rainy days, there's just a few things that are non-negotiables for me. So one is the stroller cover. And I kind of have a funny, like, very personality based story here so we drove to disney one time and we forgot the stroller cover and i had to revisit my magical mentality kind of affirmations when we were driving to disney springs on our first night i was mad i was really mad do you remember that <laughs> yeah she was like i was like you're gonna let this ruin our trip that we forgot one thing but but I just can't imagine having an absolutely drenched stroller. It just sounds so miserable for me, for the kids, for you to have to fold that thing up and carry it around. Like, it's just not it's not worth it. So we actually now um, call me over paranoid, but we brought two stroller covers on our last Disney trip. Um, so this is like if you're going to bring a stroller, this this is a must. You got to bring the stroller. Um 
Next, it's the raincoats. So we are huge fans of our raincoats. Uh, a lot of people like to purchase ponchos. Uh, you can buy them from Walmart, Amazon, really cheap. And you wear them for that day and then you toss them and you bring a new poncho the next day. That way it's nice and folded up. It's compact. It fits in a backpack. But we're pretty big raincoat fans. So I am a firm believer that you just need something to keep that water off of your your dry clothes. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't know, raincoats over ponchos for me because I just feel like a poncho like takes you inside of this like solar still and makes you sweat and uncomfortable. <laughs> so. Yeah, and we're big fans of our Columbia rain jackets. I mean, we wear them uh, year round. So definitely a win there. Uh, next up, it's flip flops or Crocs. Uh, I think, you know, I we're pretty strong tennis shoes wearers to the park, but I really like to have the kids Crocs or my flip flops in the bottom of the stroller. And this just provides us with another shoe option for if and when their tennis shoes and socks get soaked or you know, it's going to kind of be one of those days where it's just really unpredictable and it allows us to have that extra shoe option to prevent them from just being uncomfortable and myself. So if it's starting to really rain and puddle everywhere, I am a huge fan of going to my flip-flops until things dry up a little bit. Uh, Next is I am a firm believer of ditching the umbrellas. Um, I just, they, you got to take them out of your backpack to go through security. It's Florida. So the chances that it rains harder than an umbrella can protect you is really high. And so I just think that the umbrellas sometimes get in the way. And I think this is, might be a little bit of an unpopular opinion, but I just don't like carrying around umbrellas in the park. Yeah, I'm on board. I hate umbrellas. Getting them through security is terrible. They don't keep you dry in the Florida downpours. They you know, hold them in one hand. So now I'm like, how am I going to eat my Mickey bar? Like, <laughs> I, I'm just not, uh, I don't think umbrellas are worth it. It's going to hinder you more than it's going to help you. If it's really that bad, just get undercover, which is kind of Jen's next point. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times Liam has asked me if he can hold the umbrella for me. And now all, all that's happening is I'm just getting hit in the face with an umbrella. So it's it's just not enjoyable. Um, so the next piece of this, yeah. So if I'm not bringing an umbrella, it's really important to know where are your undercover locations or rides when you see that storm front coming. So for us, we, you know, if we're in Magic Kingdom, we really like to head over to Pirates of the Caribbean. This provides us with enough cover while we're in the ride line as well as the rides a little bit longer. So it just gives us some time to be undercover and allow that storm to pass. Um, At Epcot, we like to go into the Soarin' area over by Living with the Land and do both of those rides. It provides a good amount of time or over to Nemo. So either of those locations provide you with enough time to ride a Disney World ride and then sightsee and visit other areas that just provide you some of that cover. Um, At Hollywood Studios, I cannot stand being in Batu when it's raining. (laughs) It seems like every time we go to Batu, it's pouring. It's always raining. 
that planet is uh, a f- downpour planet. So, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know how it can be a rainforest climate with all of those rocks. I'm confused. And it's uh, the market is not covered. So, you're just going to be getting and all those little things hanging over the market area. Just the water is just even when it's done raining, you're just getting, you're getting dripped, dripped on. on. <laughs> yeah, it's not good, but. And like most of the Rise of the Resistance line queue, it's outside and you're just you're constantly getting rained on. Um, And we're most likely doing rider swaps. So I'm just circling Batu with a stroller and there's just so many puddles. I can't stand it. So I like to be over like by kind of that like. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway area or, you know, this is a great time to go see the um, Frozen sing-along. It just kind of gives you some time to be undercover and then uh, have that safe area. Uh, And last but not least, Animal Kingdom. I, (laughs) I don't, I don't know where we would go. Um, Maybe to the Lion King show. That might be a really good option Uh, or just like jump on the river rapids and just get completely embrace it. Yeah. Just like live (laughs) it up uh, (laughs) and be wet and it is what it is. So those are just some of the areas that we like to go to or some of the rides that will kind of find shelter or some of the areas that we'll avoid. Um, But just kind of making sure that you're you got a plan if you know that big storm is coming. Sometimes we'll even just go roam the shops just to get out of the rain. So next is you need to bring an extra pair of shoes that you leave in your hotel. Uh, These are for tomorrow, not for today They're for tomorrow. So the likelihood that those completely drenched tennis shoes dry out for the next day is not good. And then you, the last thing you want to do is start your uh, 19 to 25,000 steps, 12 miles, 100 flights of stairs with wet shoes. So just make sure that you, you bring that extra pair of shoes for the hotel. Um, next is... The rain gear at Disney costs a lot of money, you guys. How many ponchos do you think we've bought from Disney? Mm, not <laughs> anymore. I mean, we did maybe the first couple of trips, but I mean, this is a uh, supply and demand thing that Disney really takes advantage of. So you'll see the ponchos come out in all the stores when it starts downpouring and you're going to be paying like 12 bucks for those things. So buy the uh, $1 ones at Walmart if you're going to wear ponchos and don't waste your money although i will say they are big enough to make a makeshift stroller cover if you forgot a stroller cover yes we have done two makeshift stroller covers so i think we probably own a good like six of these ponchos somewhere in the garage um but yeah and disney's gotten so smart that they now have umbrellas and rain jackets that they'll strategically just they'll roll them out on these hangers with wheels so they've gotten just smart enough to know that like if they roll those things out on these hangers with wheels, people will, people will buy them. So Disney's starting to get a lot smarter about their rain gear. Uh, and then from there, you just need to know what might be canceled or what rides might be closed. So 
every now and then if there's a strike of lightning or it's like really, really raining, Disney might close or cancel some events. So fireworks sometimes are in jeopardy if the weather is really bad. Um, I've seen some after hours events get canceled if it is like tropical storm level raining. Um, and so it's just important to kind of keep up to date, make sure you're on the My Disney Experience app and you are understanding what is open, what's still happening, what rides are closed so that you can plan for that, uh, for the day. Yeah. If you see, if you're checking out the radar and watching the weather, if you're seeing lightning approach the parks, any outdoor roller coaster is going to shut down until there's no lightning within 10 miles. So just be aware that you may be in line for Seven Doors Mine Train for 70 minutes and then a lightning strike happens right when you get to the front and they, they're going to sh- close the ride down. So just be aware that that's a possibility and, and maybe try to plan if you're going to hop in a line that it's not going to be one of those rides that closes if the storm gets too close. Yeah. And then uh, just know too, like even if it's just sprinkling and the fireworks are still going, there might be some things that you don't get to see. Like sometimes Tinkerbell doesn't fly or, you know, the parade will get canceled because of a drizzle. But Disney does their best to make up for that through like they have a rainy day parade that will come through and things like that. So um, just know Disney does their best to make those days as positive as they can. But there are going to be some things that Maybe now you change your plans and instead of staying at Magic Kingdom for fireworks at night, you park hop back to another night. But I was I was surprised initially in my first few trips there, like how much continues to happen while it's downpouring. Like there's not a whole lot as long as there's not lightning that shuts down. Like you'll see a lot of rides still running and people standing in the pouring rain. Like we hopped on a, a teacups ride one time because everyone got out of line it was just pouring and the way that that ride is built like the tent spills the water right into the line area so like everyone got out of line but the ride was still running so we were like let's just we're already soaked let's just get in there no line and so just i was I, i always thought that was interesting like how much still runs when it's it's monsooning yeah and liam and i lived through a splash mountain line where it was just it was downpouring. And I remember just <laughs> seeing all these people trying to avoid the rain. And I just was laughing because I was like, you're about to go on a water ride. Like, why are you, what are you worrying about? So, <laughs> but we were more drenched getting on that ride than I have ever been give, getting off. So comical. Nice. Um, So last, but definitely not least, when it comes to your rainy days, just learn to kind of dance in the rain. So um, there's just, I can't tell you how much fun our kids have had just being on, you know, Hollywood Boulevard or Main Street with just rain covered shoes, kicking water, smiling ear to ear and just enjoying the parks um, and the magic that they bring regardless of the weather. So the more you can just learn to enjoy and kind of dance in the rain on days like this, the the more fun you guys are going to have because it's Florida and it's going to rain. It's just ine- inevitable. Yeah, there's some cool pictures you can get because a lot of the uh, Main Street photographers, they have uh, 
camera covers that they use so they they still stand out there and take pictures if you're willing to brave the weather so just yeah like jen said dance in the rain have fun with it uh don't get sick if it's cold obviously but uh, know what your limits are and and just enjoy it because it's it's still fun and magical even when the weather does not perfect all right that's your travel tip for the week All right. Thank you for joining us, guys, this week on this episode of We've Got Ears. If you would like continued coverage of Disney news and additional content, please follow us at Magic Ears Pod on Twitter for the latest updates and news. You can reach out to Jen at Mousing Around Travel, um, like we talked about before, and the links will be in the description below. It's She can help you out with a no-cost-to-you Disney vacation planning, take some of the stress out of, about it, or at least just give you some pointers on on how to make your trip as magical as possible. We'll also be giving you more uh, episodes with tips coming up, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts shortly coming here, and then uh, wherever else you might find your podcast. So thanks for joining us. And we'll see you guys next time on We've Got Ears. Say hey, cheers. cheers. Bye-bye.